Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Hey, today I want to talk to us about a very important topic. Obviously, what's going on in our world today is, is huge and it's kind of taking over everything in us. So I've titled today, Finding a New Normal. So say that with me. Say, Finding a New Normal. Finding a New Normal. We got to find a new normal. Life is not normal. There's a lot going on that is not the norm. And it's been causing our world to be in total panic. There's been chaos that has just set in and, and fear has become a regular emotion. We at our house, we are now, you know, trying to find out how to not only homeschool kids, you know, because we've got kids at home now all the time, but now we're trying to work at home and it's a new way of life. And with new things that come into our lives, we have to find a new way of living, a new way of handling, a new way of reacting. And so today I want to talk to us about what does that look like right now in our lives? What does that look like for you? What does that look like to find a new way of how you're going to handle what's been given to you? Every season of life brings new things. And so you have to handle them in a certain way. This week has been just wild and it's just been up and down. And just when we think we're finally catching our breath or catching our groove. And, uh, you know, if you're a parent, you know that you've probably uh, exhausted every puzzle online, every word search, trying to find stuff for the kids to do. And so we've done it all. I've Google searched every word search. We've done Frozen, Frozen 2. If they had a Frozen 3, we have watched that for 15 times. But we've literally exhausted everything. And just when it seems that we're getting in our groove and feeling good about the day and getting our routine, all of a sudden there'll be a word. All of a sudden something will come on the news or something will, someone will say something that happened somewhere and all of a sudden you realize, oh my word, this is right in front of me. This is real. And all of a sudden I notice in our house that fear sets in and our groove that we were in and we were feeling good. We had some, you know, some music on, the kids were doing great, doing their word searches and they found 37 of the 50 states, right? And so, you know, Zion's going crazy. And just in the middle of that, we find out what happened just across the bridge. And all of a sudden, fear sets in the home. And now the kids are annoying, you know? Now it's like, be quiet. Mommy and dad are trying to focus. And now our relationship is, is out of whack. And now everything in the house all of a sudden is in chaos. It's fear. Fear's a, a mentality. Fear is a mindset and it's crazy how it affects us. I don't know how it's affected you, but it's definitely affected our house. It's just we find ourselves all of a sudden in the mindset of fear. And right in the middle of the time, we, we are deciding as a family how to find our new normal. How do we find a new way to handle the fear that's come our way? We as Change Church, we have decided that we're not giving in to fear that we are not gonna let our culture be affected by fear. We're not gonna let the way that we decide and the way that we react be affected by fear. We're not gonna let fear drive this thing. 
We're not going to let fear drive the way that we gather, the way that we uh, pursue each other, the way that we do life together. We're not going to let it affect us. We've decided as a church and as a culture, and if you're in this church or you're joining online, I want you to know that as Change Church, we are not letting fear drive. But we have to find a new normal. And so I want to empower you and encourage you today with a word that um, I feel like God really laid on our hearts and just uh, has really encouraged us to step into as a church, as a family, and as individuals. And it comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, Paul says it again. I say, Rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything and by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. That's a good word. That's a, the word that you can hold on to and be steadfast to. And I want to look at uh, four things that Paul points out to us as Christ followers, as those that have Jesus. And I want to encourage you with these four things that I feel like will help us find a new normal. The first thing Paul points out and commands is to rejoice, to find a way to praise. Now, how many know that sometimes in life, it's hard to find a reason to rejoice? And especially right now, it can seem so overwhelming and so many things happening all at once that we can feel so torn and so pulled. And it, it can be like the normal to point out what's wrong with things instead of focusing on what can we rejoice about? Ane is the bomb.com. She learns it from my wife, but she is so good at finding the good in situations. The other day we were at home and you know, everything going on and we're at home 24 seven. And Ane goes, you know what I love about life? Like, what? I mean, tell us. She's like, I love the fact that we get to spend all this family time together. And we looked at each other like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, that's the best. Look at, look at how much family time we get to have. It's incredible. It's like all day, every day. <laughs> you know, and she's just like finding the good in life. Uh, what would happen if we looked for the good? If in every situation we said, you know what? How can we rejoice? What would happen to your atmosphere in your home? What would happen to your relationships in that moment when you said, you know what? Right now, God, I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna find a reason to praise. And it takes effort because in those moments when we can't see the light or we can't see that life is good or we can't see the good and silver lining on things, it's in those moments where it takes effort, but we are deciding that, hey, you know what? We're gonna make a decision. There's power in our perspective. 
There's power in our perspective. And you know what I've noticed? You know what I've learned? I've learned that perspective has nothing to do with your position, has everything to do with where you're turned towards. And it's crazy that when we start to turn towards the, the things that are being said and the things that are being seen, it's not about not knowing, but it's about how it influences us. And so we have to take effort and really turn to praise, to look for ways that God has blessed us in this moment. Uh, we were in our house the other day and we were just recounting, learning from my you know, seven-year-old daughter, hey, how can we count our blessings right now? What do we have that's good? We have our health, we have each other, we have a home, we have, you know, we have everything that we need in that space. We're able to help others. We're able to serve. That's amazing. Those are incredible things that we need to rejoice in. And so I ask you today, you know, count your blessings. What do you have in your life that you can say, God, thank you, thank you. And it changes our perspective because perspective has nothing to do with position, but everything to do with where we're turned towards. The second thing Paul talks about is he commands us to have this gentle spirit. He says, let your gentle spirit be seen by all. And the word gentle is actually super hard to translate, but the theologians and those that have studied this verse have found that this word he was using was actually a word to be used as selfless, as a word that um, would cause someone to look outside of themselves. A gentle spirit, one who looks to serve others. How can I look at the needs of others? And uh, what, what an incredible word for our church today, that in this time of crisis, in this time where we are, are changing everything, we're shifting everything, this has caused all churches across the nation to go online and to figure out ways that we can continue to gather, to figure out ways that we can still be with one another, to do life together, because that's how we were created. But in this time, what a, what a, a thought for us as a church to decide, hey, it's not about us. It's about how can we serve? How can we look outside ourselves and see our world? How can we see our neighbors? How can we see what's going on in our world and be a part of the difference being made? How can we pray in a way that's effective? How can we get on our knees and hear what God is saying for those around us? And it's in that way that Paul was helping us and encouraging us. Hey, if you look outside yourself, you start to realize that that's why you were made. It's like, it's like people who store all their stuff and are, are hoarders of their, their money and their time and their treasure. They're miserable people because that's not how we were made to be. When you start to give, you start to realize, wow, I have, I have so much joy. There's so much joy in giving. There's so much joy in serving because it's why we were created. And as a church, we have decided that, hey, we are going to look outside ourselves. We're going to praise God for everything he's blessed us with. And we're going to look for ways that we can serve. We're going to look for ways that we can help those in our city. The third thing he says here, and this is, he kind of turns the tone of the scriptures because he talks about rejoicing and being selfless and serving. And then he says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Why? Because anxiety and fear are things that we do. They're things that we carry. And anxiety is always brought by a circumstance. Um, did you know that fear is not your normal? 
It's not something that you were born with. And it might seem like that because we deal with fear on a regular basis. I mean, we have thousands and thousands of prescriptions that you can take for fear, anxiety, being overwhelmed. And so it seems like that's the normal, but it's actually not our normal. It's not how we were born, but it's a learned trait. And so knowing that, like being anxious is something that we learned, but it's also something that we can train ourselves to unlearn and train ourselves that there's a new default that we can turn to. I encourage you this time to start a new normal to turn your worries into prayers. Uh, Paul talks about how when you turn your worries to God, when you turn your anxieties to God, when you give them to him, all of a sudden you hand over the right to be fearful because it's not on you. It's in his hands. And how many know his hands are capable hands? Come on, how many know his hands are so much more capable than ours? And sometimes we want to take on our life. We want to worry and we want to stress. We want to figure it out. We want to problem solve. I don't know if you're like me, but I want to problem solve it. I don't want to, I don't want to wait. I don't want to sit on it. I want to make it right, right there. Sometimes when we're in the middle of a situation, we need to turn that worry and that anxiety into a request. Turn it into something that we turn to God and say, God, I can't handle this right now. I mean, how many times have we had so many things happen that have been so overwhelming in our world in these last couple of weeks? As the, the virus has spread across our country, as we've heard of multiple people that have gotten the virus and, and now it's affecting closer and closer to us. And in those moments, it can be so easy to worry and to be like, oh, what did I touch? Who did I see? Where did I go? And what is going to happen to me? And so we get our eyes so fixated. But let me encourage you that the new normal, turn that worry into prayers. Turn that, that anxiety to say, God, I need your help right now. Then we turn the responsibility over to God. It's now in his hands to take care of. And here's the promise that Paul gives us in all of this, that when we, when we rejoice, when we uh, look outside of ourselves and serve others, when we turn our worries into prayers, he says this, he says, peace will guard your heart. The peace of God will guard you. Now he uses this military term for guard. And it's like this, if you can just picture a guard standing outside your heart and watching, saying, I'm not letting anything by. I'm not letting any fear by. And see, when we do this, when we have this, like this, this worship atmosphere, we have this time of just turning our request to God and saying, God, how can we serve? How can we be a part? Because uh, a lot of times, I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of my prayers are selfish by nature, you know, because it is. It's like, God, help me. God, keep us safe. God, keep us in your hands. God, give us favor. God, bless us. You know, it's all, all prayers for us. But when we start to turn our prayers outward, we start to hear his heart, start to capture his heart. The peace of God, Paul said, guards us, stands guard at our heart, stands guard of our mind, and doesn't let anything come in that's not of him. We are, uh, you know, we're countering fear today with our faith. And faith is a choice. We don't, we're not made with a spirit of timidity. We're not made with a spirit of fear. 
Or maybe with a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So that's how we come at this thing. That's how we combat this thing. And we have the power of choice. Everybody say, I choose. I choose. I choose. This is huge to know that you have the power of choice. God has given us that greatest ability as human beings to choose, to make the choice. We choose if we want to serve him. We choose if we want to be a part of a culture. We choose if we want to be a part of a social club, be a part of certain, a group of people. We choose if we want to be a part of something or give something or, or serve or rejoice or fear. We choose. You have the power of choice. And, and really choosing is the power of replacing. But it reminds me of the great purge of 19, where we moved from the suburbs to the city and I got rid of so many pairs of shoes. Y'all ask me how many pairs of shoes, because there are so many, okay? And I had so many pairs of shoes. I had these one pair of, they were knockoff Chelsea boots. And I was, I was in love with these shoes because they were my go-to black shoes. But they had the hugest hole in the sole, okay? And every time it rained, it would let water into my sole, okay? Sounds very overwhelming and deep, but it was huge. And, and these shoes were my only black shoes, might I add, but I had to get rid of them because they weren't right for my season. As you know, there are some emotions, some things that we choose that aren't right for our season. It's time to trade up. It's time to choose another path, choose another way to live. Man, I replaced those shoes and now I have some shoes that I love because they can handle where I'm headed. How many want a spirit of God that can handle where we're headed? Because I believe that right now is such a critical time for you. It's such a critical time for me to stay grounded in what God has said about our lives and about our season. I believe with all my heart that, that God has spoken a word over you. Maybe he's spoken a word over your year before this year began and you were pumped and we started the year off with fasting and prayer. And a lot of you, you prayed over your season. You prayed over, God, what do you have to say about this year? And in moments like this, it can feel a little bit like, was the word correct, right? Because things shift and things change. But can I encourage you and just remind you that what God spoke over you stays permanent? even though circumstance may change, even though things may shift and things may change, God, his word never does. It's always stable. It's always something we can put our life upon. And the old way of thinking, the old way of, of fear and, and not knowing what's up, it's time for us to trade it for rejoicing. How many are ready to rejoice in what God has done in our lives? Come on, how many want that peace of God? I'm trading fear for peace. I'm trading fear for praise. I'm trading it because I don't want to live there. And neither do you. And it's time that, that we as a church together, and even if you don't attend church change regularly, let me encourage you, step into this culture where we are going to trade fear, trade it for a life of peace. And that's what I'm believing for us today, the new normal, finding our new normal, finding a place of peace in the midst of the storm, 
finding a place of peace in the midst of chaos, finding that place in God where we are stable. Yo, I want to be stable. I want to be grounded that no matter what comes over the screen, no matter what I hear, nothing shakes my faith because I'm so stable and grounded in the peace of God. A change, uh, you know, as a community, we chose the road of doing life together. And hence why we're taking everything online, we're doing groups online, we're gathering because we're not gonna stop meeting together. Now it may look different, it may look totally different than what we're used to, than what we you know, have done for up until this time. But you know what? Nothing changes the way we do our culture. No matter what happens in our world or how crazy it gets, nothing changes the fact that we do life together. It just looks different. And some things happen in our lives that change things up, but we have to find a new normal to stay to what is important in our lives. You gotta shake it up, you gotta change it up. There might be some things that you have to do in order to keep you grounded. And today I wanna encourage you, I wanna build your spirit up because God is calling you to stay steadfast, to stay in who he is, to not be shaken by what's happening around us, but to be steadfast in who he is. This time is gonna call a lot of us, okay? A lot of us to stretch, to stretch outside of our comfort zones, to do things that we're not comfortable doing, to being the people that we might not feel like we're capable of being. This time is gonna stretch a lot of us, but it's a time where God wants to train you and make you who he wants you to be. This is a time that's going to take you to a place in Jesus that is so deep, that it's gonna keep you at a solid place in your relationship with him. That, do you know that the valleys are the greatest training grounds? because they're the only places you can train for climbing the mountain. And a lot of times when you find yourself in the valley, it's hard to see it like this, but it is such a preparation for you, for what God has for you. And sometimes the deeper the valley, the more God trusts you because he wants to train you and get you ready to climb that mountain that's ahead. Can I encourage you, spend this time and figure out what is God training you in? What's he done in you already that he wants to make stronger during this time? Don't forget what he spoke over you. Don't forget that call on your life. Don't forget how he called you a leader. Don't forget how he called you a problem solver. Don't forget how he gave you that stubborn streak for a reason. Don't forget it. Don't forget how you're an incredible mother. Don't forget how you're an incredible father. Don't forget it. Don't forget how you're a leader in that person's life. Don't forget how God broke you for those around you. Don't forget it because God is calling you to go deeper, to find a new normal. In this time, we have to find a new place of center, to find a place of center where we know where to go back to. It's like having a default button, a place where we know we can always go to to be solid and back to center. When you're learning how to fly, if you ever learn how to fly, I, I had a flying lessons for my 25th birthday and Ashley took me to be on a plane. The first thing they ever teach you is to find the horizon. 
because in an airplane, soon as you get up, it's so easy and, and so uh, tricky because the first thing you lose is sense of what's up, what's down, what's right, and what's left. And if any wind takes you, it's so easy to all lose control and not know where you are. So they always teach you, you have to look for the horizon, find it and set your sights on it. And this time, there's a lot of things that are gonna try to take you off course. They're gonna try to shake things up and cause fear in our lives. They're gonna cause um, a lot of people to have closed fists. You know what happens in crisis? A lot of people get like this, right? Where they don't wanna share because it's, you know, there's not enough toilet paper, right? So we're fighting over toilet paper and there's not enough water. And so we gotta get to the water first and, and we become closed gripped and people that are, are, are selfish in the way that we see life. But when we, when we get our eyes on the horizon to say, you know what? God is our provider. He's not gonna let us down. He's never gonna let us go. He's a good father. Can I remind you how good God is in your life? And when you have a place of center where no matter what you hear, no matter the word that's the fresh word of what's going on, no matter what, what fear tries to settle in, if you can find your center, find your horizon and say, you know what? I know who my God is. And even though things are shaky around me, he is steadfast. And even though the wind is blowing and I feel a little wobbly, he is the solid rock of which I base my life upon. He's the one who called me further. He's the one who calls me higher. He's the one who's steadfast in my heart so that I can be solid in who he is. He is the one who died and rose again and overcame the world so that we could overcome the world. He's the one who went to heaven and didn't leave us alone, but sent the Holy Spirit to empower us, to clothe us in power so that we could bring heaven to earth. And when you remember that, when you set your eyes on the center, when you set your eyes on the horizon, all of a sudden, everything can go crazy, but your perspective and focus stays solid. Let me encourage you to find your place of center. And this is what Paul was talking about. This is so vital for us that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of flying, in the midst of finding our wings and finding the air beneath us, in the midst of all that, to understand what is our new normal? Let me encourage you that in this time to find those things that you can turn to quickly, right? Turn, turn to those things and make a list of things that you're grateful for or make a list of things that you want to praise God for. Make a list of what good things you have in your life right now that you can turn to, to say, you know what, even though that's what's going on, Right now, I got my family. Right now, I got an amazing wife. Right now, I, I have a roof over my head. Right now, we have food. Right now, my God is on the throne. Right now, I know he's spoken this purpose over my life. And so that, therefore, I will rejoice. I will praise him. I will lift his name up. And that's what we're deciding as a culture, that yes, we understand what's going on and we're not gonna deny the, the situation. We're just super confident in the solution. Amen. Let me say that again, because we're not denying the situation. We know what's going on. It's not that we're in denial and say, you know what? That's not for real. It's not a big crisis. And it's not that we want to put cotton in our ears and say, we don't want to hear it. 
Don't tell me anymore. Because we need to know. There's power in knowledge. And we want to be smart as a church. We want to be wise, right? In the way that we talk. In the way that we, in the way that we act. and the way that we interact and gather. And that's why as a church we are online. Because we want to keep everybody safe in this time. But can I just encourage you in this time to not be naive to the situation, but to be confident in your solution. Because it's God who is our rock. It's God who is our solution to all of this. He is the one that we lean on. He's the one that's always grounded. He's the solid rock. And we have nothing to fear when he is with us. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9 says, Remember the miracles of long ago. Acknowledge that I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Woo! God's such a show off sometimes, but he stated it. I am God and there is none like me. I am above all. In fact, the Bible says that his power, it cannot be compared by anything in the world. We can't even put it on a balance scale. There's nothing that even comes close to him. And he says, I am God. Remember the miracles I did long ago. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. So many times we acknowledge our situation and we acknowledge what's in front of us. We forget. We got to acknowledge the one who created everything. We got to acknowledge him and know who he is. It says in verse 10, I declare from the beginning how it will end. I declare from the beginning, he knew how it will end and foretell from the start what has not yet happened. I declare that my purpose will stand. I'm here to encourage you and to remind you that though the word on the street is death, though the word on the street is for your failure, can I remind you that God spoke the word that is final? That no matter what is spoken against you right now, no matter what sounds like the latest for your life, God has the final word and he already spoke it over you. He already protected you with it. He says, I already spoke the end. Even from the beginning, I knew what was coming. And that's a beautiful thing to know that God is holding us and wrapping his arms around us in the midst of everything that is going on. It says, I decree that my purpose will stand and I will fulfill my every plan. Faith is simply to be confident in who he is. And we choose faith over fear. And sometimes that's super hard because fear can be so uh, easily turned to and it's an easy go-to in our lives because everything seems so overwhelming to us humans. But when we have confidence in him, when our confidence is built up in who he is, then our faith is increased in what he is capable of. See, we have to have confidence in who he is to have faith in what he can do. But that takes relationship with the Father. Can I encourage you in this time that we have to deepen your relationship with the Creator? Deepen it. Whatever you can do, find a way to get with him. And even in the midst of your day, find those moments where you say, God, I need you right now. I want to know you. I want to get closer to you. 
It doesn't have to be some elaborate prayer. It doesn't have to be some eloquent words. It can be simple, like the short ones, like help me, like be here, like help, you know? Sometimes that's how short my prayers are because I need him in that moment. And it's in those times where fear tries to grip. I say, you know what? No, no, no. I need your help, God. I need you in this time. But we have to deepen who he is in our lives. We have to deepen our relationship with him that we know him for who he is. And then our confidence is built and our faith is increased because our faith is anchored on his nature and his character. We have to be anchored in who he is. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, his, the faithfulness on him increases the faith in us. And I love that because the faithfulness of God never is something that is void, never is something that doesn't happen. He is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can bank on who he is. And we have to remember that, that he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.